It's time for Carolina Blitz, the freshest coverage of Carolina sports and entertainment. Hosted by founder and editor-in-chief, Vashti Hurt. She don't play games. She covers them. Thank you for tuning in to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730 The Game. My name is Vashti Hurt. I'm your host and founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz, a website of brand dedicated to finding fresh and compelling news stories in and outside of traditional sports reporting and sharing them with you guys, the fans, and the listeners in a way that is fun and entertaining. We are a credentialed sports media outlet that covers the Panthers, Duke, UNC, NC State, and more. So make sure you're going to carolinablitz.com and checking out our daily content. Each week we have a new special guest co-host, a fan co-host. So if you're interested in coming on the show with me and giving your sports opinions, our DMs are open. For the holiday and uh, the holiday weekend, we brought back our very first guest. Yes, yes, yes. Jamal from yeah. Under Construction, the Under Construction podcast. Thanks for coming back, Jamal. How hey, was man. how was your holiday? Holiday was good, man. Ate too much. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Had seconds, got some leftovers in the refri- in the fridge. Holidays was good so far, man. Under construction has been talking about Hornets for a while. So I have to ask you, of course, Mm -hmm. about the Hornets draft. They picked LaMelo Ball at number three. Is he a franchise changing player? We'll see. How's that for an answer? But no, (laughs) but no, as far as LaMelo Ball goes, um, you know, in previous shows, at least, you know, me and Vince were kind of on the same page when, when it comes to his talent. You know, we we always said we thought that he was the best talent and had the most potential in the draft. Now, keep in mind, I wanted Anthony Edwards because I thought he was more polished and, and he was more ready to go. The man uh, does not love basketball. Did that uh, comment not give you pause? Oh, no, no, no. Listen, it definitely did. It, it definitely did, which is why I'm not you know, too mad that he went number one. I was like, all right, well, that takes the pressure off of us to not get somebody who doesn't love it. You know what I mean? So, so uh, I, I'm happy with LaMelo, man. And I think we're all in love with his potential. So potential is one thing. Realizing that potential is another. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm on the fence with LaMelo. I just, for some reason, and it's, it's, it's purely visceral. It's not anything that, I'm not basing this off of a you just album. don't like his daddy. Well, you know, I don't have a problem with his dad. I think his dad <laughs> is a bit extra, which is not a bad thing. I mean, he will be good for Charlotte media, but, um, you know, it's just not his dad. I, I just don't know. I think I, I don't know. I, I hope that he is a franchise changing player because I feel like the Hornets deserve a franchise player. Well, let me say this. Look, I, and I'm not putting too much stock into this. This is just kind of an informational nugget, if you will. The national media who, you know, by all accounts, loves crapping on the Hornets, whatever they do. All the national media loves LaMelo Ball. They all say the same thing. They all say that if there is one guy in in, in the lottery that could be a game changer, they believe it could be him. Um, again, it's just it, he's a he's a real raw talent. and You can see it now. Of course, that needs to be polished and he needs to work on that jumper. But everybody believes in, the, in this guy's potential, man. I'm I'm one of those people as well. Yeah, and I, I, I hope it pans out. Now, the Hornets also made another move um, and signing Gordon Hayward. 
Let me uh, hold something, man. God. <laughs> they signed Gordon Hayward, and I don't. I think they're still trying to work out that deal. They were trying to do some type of trade. Uh, it's not finalized, but they agreed to terms on a four-year, one hundred and twenty million dollar deal mm-hmm. for Gordon Hayward. Um, do you like that? How do you feel about I, that? I put it to you like this: I love the player. I love the fit for this basketball team. Um, I, I love that we feel the need. However, I I am not in love with the numbers, um, especially the term. I'm not in love with giving uh, Hayward a four-year deal. Now, of course, there's context to everything. And with Charlotte being such a small market team, you know, the narrative is that, you know, small market teams tend to have to overpay, uh, you know, talent. <laughs> I don't agree with that, though. And I Again, that's the narrative. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if we needed to overpay Hayward that much money. Now, keep in mind, you know, he had other offers um, around $100 million range, maybe not the $120 million range, but he had other offers in that range. But I, again, I, I guess this is, you know, a franchise that is desperate for relevance. And, you know, when you kind of figure figure that into the move, then it kind of equals Gordon Hayward being overpaid. <laughs> well, her Hayward missed 111 regular season games, 31 playoff games over the last three years. He had kind of some issues staying healthy. That's my issue there. That I mean, the, uh, you have you have no guarantee on what his health is going to be over the course of that four year span. Well, you have no guarantee on anybody's health. Yeah, but, but I, I, with I, the history. I get it with Gordon Hayward. Now, keep in mind, he did play all regular season games uh, last year. And and also, you know, the games he missed in the playoff was just high ankle sprains, which to me, that doesn't, you know, I'm not too worried about high ankle sprains. Those happen all the time. Now, the only thing I can say to that is Mitch Kupchak, at least being an experienced GM, I would hope that he did his legwork and his homework as far as the injury history and the injury concerns. I hope. <laughs> before giving him all that money. So let's just kind of cross our fingers and, and hope he can stay healthy going forward. Was it insulting to Kimball Walker? No, because it's two different situations. Um, you know, during the Kimball Walker situation, you know, Mitch Kupchak, Michael Jordan gave Mitch Kupchak every blessing to, to make that roster better. It couldn't happen because of salary cap implications. Now, when they're at the negotiation table with Kimball Walker, you got to understand at that point, you know, they're in salary cap hell. That's that's the main thing to kind of remember about the Kimball Walker situation. So at that point, Ms. Kupchak basically says to Kimball, look, if I, if we pay you what you want, we can't make this roster any better. We've tried. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Kimball Walker, who had one foot out the door saying, well, look, if you can't promise me I'm at least going to the playoffs and you can make this roster better, then I got to bounce. Gordon Haywood's situation is a little different because there was a lot more flexibility this go around to give him that money. So. Two different situations. Okay, I, I to me it's it's still kind of insulting. Just like I mean, but year, look, one year later, look, the optics look bad. They the optics obviously look bad when it comes to giving Gordon Hayward all that money, but you let Kimber Walker walk. No pun intended, but I, I, I get it. But people got to keep in mind, salary cap implications were very different, and the roster was very different. That is important to know. Like we don't have a bunch of untradeable guys. Like like we did during the Kimball Walker Nick Batum era. Now notice I said Nick Batum era. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was definitely shady. Now that, the, the thing I'm the I, to me 
the Hornets have a nice, young, swaggy, like, edgy type, athletic type nucleus. Yeah. I understand that Hayward brings in a shooter who can, you know, spread the floor. They needed a shooter. A guy who can get his own shot. I I just think it might mess up the dynamic of the team. I don't. I That I respectfully disagree with because the three position in particular, mm-hmm. I, and I, I do mean the three position in particular, they desperately needed shooting at that particular position. Now, also keep in mind, um, a lot of times when it came to the fourth quarter and the, and the Hornets were struggling to score, they needed another guy who could get his own shot. They needed another guy who could knock down an open three. And, and and at the very least, Gordon Hayward fits that bill for the Hornets. So that's why I said that's why I love it fit-wise. Money aside, salary cap implications aside, I believe the fit is actually perfect. I really oh, do. Are the Hornets a playoff team? Um, they I, I'll put it to you like this. A lot of people forget that the Charlotte Hornets were a ended up as a nine seed last year. Yeah. Right and, out of it. Right, you know what I mean? Right out of it, right, right on the outside looking in. With that being said, you cannot, there's nobody who can tell me that this roster isn't better than it was last year. And with that being said, you know, I don't think the teams that were around us, meaning the Washington Wizards, the Orlando Magic, the Indiana Pacers, the Chicago Bulls, I don't believe any of those teams got significantly better. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I believe we can slide into the playoffs, maybe anywhere from an eighth to a sixth. What do you think about the second round picks that the Hornets made? Um, I will always, you know, it's funny, but you know, as, as much <laughs> crap as this franchise gets for draft picks, we've actually hit on some good second round picks in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think that continued, you know, this off season. Look, man, I love your guy, Vernon Carey. I think that might be. Wait, wait, wait. My guy. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just say you like Vernon Carey. As a member of the media who covers Duke and UNC and NC State, I am a non-biased reporter. Let me me rephrase that. I like like the Duke guy. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Vernon Carey. I I believe he could be still of the draft. But another, uh, um, I I like our other picks. Um, I I like Grant Riller from uh, College of Charleston, man. He was a leading scorer in the Southern Conference last season. Um, I I, I like the kid from Kentucky, man. I I, I think those are the the under-the-radar picks that we can really develop, and that's going to really give us some solid contributions. So I like the draft overall. And, hey, look, USA Today, Gave the Charlotte Hornets an A plus in our in our draft grades. I don't know what that means, but I don't know the we, last time that the Hornets got an A plus in anything. So right, exactly. That's my point. Yeah, uh, Vernon Carey. You know, people say that he's a traditional big man, back back to the basket big man. Vernon Carey's game is a little more expansive than that, and I understand yeah. that the the game has changed. People don't like traditional post players, which I think is whack because, well, you know. I grew up with traditional post players and you, you have your back to the basket, but Vernon Carey, I'm sure he he's lost what 15, he lost 30 pounds. 30 pounds. He's lost yeah. 30 pounds. He's already an explosive player. Um, He does not, he, he, he would hit a three, you know, covering him last year every now and then, but I'm sure he's expanded his game. As you said with him, you know, leading one of the leading scorers in the ACC, 
I think he could be the steal of the draft going going in the second round. I'm sure the Hornets were glad that he was able to fall to them the way that he did. Yeah, Mitch Kup- Mitch Kupchak was stated as saying there were two guys that you know were not you know as far were not predicted to be that high on that draft board. They didn't have Grant Riller being there at 56. They didn't have uh, Vernon Carey being there, uh, you know, where he was. So I mean, those are you know encur- again encouraging signs, man. And I'm 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 all I'm I'm trusting Mitch. I, I you know there's it's been a while since I can say that I've trusted anything with the Bobcats Hornets organization as far as draft picks. So, but I'm, I'm trusting Mitch. Well, I, I hope that this is the start of the Hornets returning to relevancy because the Hornets were, were that team back in the nineties when. Speaking of relevancy now, regardless of win loss record this coming season, I think they're already somewhat relevant. Now that's not saying that they're, necessarily going to be a better team because of it i think they are really more relevant look how much press the charlotte hornets are getting since drafting Lamelo ball Lamelo ball has more followers on instagram than the charlotte hornets team does well that's 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 because the charlotte hornets media team is absolutely putrid. well that that's another story for another day okay. but <laughs> i gotta take digs whenever i can because i think they could be doing so much better with their content i they're doing a disservice to the team and to those players who play for the Hornets. So here, 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 here. Totally 100% agree. All right. If you're just now tuning in, you are listening to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730 with our special co-host, a friend to the show, Jamal yes, yes. from the Under Construction podcast. Moving along, Jamal Panthers. They shut out Detroit last week at home. Does that shut out mean anything to you how is that is that significant absolutely um the the detroit lions coming into the game they were middle of the pack when it comes to offensive ranking and not only that i don't this is the nfl shutouts just don't happen in the nfl that often i so i don't really care what they were coming in rank matthew stafford you know a talented quarterback at the very least they have a couple of weapons so I think the Panthers deserve every bit of credit um, for, for getting a shutout against the Lions. I don't care what pe- what people's perception of the Detroit Lions is. I They get every bit of credit that they deserve for that shutout. Yeah, the, the, the defense coming into the season was considered the weak link. And, and, and understandably, given the youth on that side of the ball, they struggled on third downs. They struggled in the third quarter. And yeah. so for them to come out and 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 do what they did, very significant. Now, the question is, are they more of the squad that shut out the Lions or the squad that disappeared against the Bucks? It remains to be seen. Um, I, You know, hopefully this is kind of a springboard, you know, to some growth in that defense, because, you know, this is still a very young defense. This has got a lot of a lot of rookies on that side of the ball, a lot of a lot of lack of experience on that side of the ball. It remains to be seen, you know, word, word has it, Shaq Thompson, uh, you know, chewed the defense out uh, after the Bucks game. Um, I, I liked Phil Snow's game plan of being a lot more yeah. aggressive and not just I love that aggression. Right, right. It wasn't just a bunch of, you know, us sitting back in cover three and cover two the whole game. So let's see. I, you know, I, we it's one game, you know, it, as impressive as it was, 
it's still one game and we'll, we'll, you know, they get a good test against the Vikings uh, coming up this Sunday. So we'll see. Yeah. The, the Vikings tomorrow. Um, I think they have the number one uh, rushing per attempt uh, team in the league. Uh, they are number six in rushing yards per game. So that defense will have their, um, their hands full with Dalvin cook and company. So, you know, that's a well, bad man. Yeah. Dalvin, that's a bad boy. Is there any reason why you're emphasizing how bad he is? No, no, not, not at all. I'm just an objective media member. Oh, you're not, just, oh really? Yeah, you know, that, that's all, you know, I, you know, so you're no longer a Florida state fan. Uh, look, 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 it's by a thread. I don't look, look, we talked about my moniker last time I was here. The angry black fan. Don't bring the anger out today talking about Florida well, State. Well, let me just say this real quick because they did run from that Clemson game. Look, you don't get in. You don't get any opposition from me. <laughs> did you? How did you feel about that? I, I'll put it to you like this: the optics on that look horrible. Terrible. If you are if, if from the outside, let, let's just say you're not a fan of either team, and you look at that from the outside, the first thing you say was. Florida State absolutely ran from that game. But if we're being objective and if we want to be fair, okay, you know, it came out later that Davo Sweeney let one of the players practice who had COVID-like symptoms. I'm sure that got back, word got back to uh, to, to, Florida, to the Florida State brass. Now. <laughs> and, and they used it as an excuse to dodge the game. They were Probably. going to have... Florida State was going to have 17,000 people in the stands for that game. This is Tallahassee. This is Florida, where cases are, aren't declining. And so now all of a sudden... COVID capital, actually. <laughs> now, now there's all of a sudden there's this extreme care for safety? Really? I mean, I get it. No, listen, you don't, I, you don't get any opposition from me, man. The optics look terrible. I will say this, though. I, I, I will say this. Dabble Sweeney, I, I, don't, I don't like how arrogant he was in, in the fact that, you know, he was just kind of, look, you're a 35-point favorite, dude, okay? Florida State is at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the ACC. Let it go. Huh? Do you really need to play this game that bad? Seriously, Dabo, like for real, like it's this is not 2013 Florida State. This is the bottom of the barrel. Well, Let it go, man. He said, he said y'all running. We probably did. All right. Back back to the Panthers. And again, if you're listening, just now listening in, you're listening to Carolina Blitzer radio show on ESPN 730. We're talking Panthers and their game against Detroit. Just briefly, uh, PJ Walker, he had his first yeah. start. He scored 20 points. He led the Panthers. Well, the defense led the Panthers to the win with their play, but he played well enough to, to put points on the board offensively. Yet Matt rule still won't name him the number two guy. What do you, what do you think about that? And what do you think about PJ Walker's play? Speaking of optics, looking bad, <laughs> when you have PJ Walker, who, you know, looked pretty impressive for his first start. Um, especially with the shortened, you know, offseason and training camp and what have you. The optics look like the Panthers brass say, you know what, man, we we can't tell people we've given up on Will Greer yet. <laughs> we we can't we can't let people know that uh this that drafting Will Greer in the third round was a mistake just yet. If if 
just by looking at one game, the one game PJ Walker played, to me, he his spot on this roster should be cemented as a backup quarterback. It's 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 not even a I don't even think about that. Um, if we get to the point where we officially miss the playoffs, you know, you got to audition. So if you're saying that you're not sure PJ Walker is the backup, then we got to see what Will Greer has. You, you can't say that. Mm. And then we don't see Will Greer for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So we got to see an audition, man. If you if they really feel like that, don't hold your breath on that, you know. And I'm not. Trust me. Yeah, I, I, start out to PJ Walker doing what he need to do, and, and you know I gave him a B plus on his play. He did have a couple of end zone interceptions, one that was pretty bad. No, li- no listen, no, the, the score should have been 31-0, absolutely, or 34-0. Yeah. yeah, he he missed, and then he missed another, and I don't remember who it was to. I don't know if it was to DJ Moore or. Robbie Anderson, but he he just missed a uh, wide open receiver once on a long throw. So, but he did well. He he yeah. did well enough um, as a backup. Really, as a backup, he had those end zone interceptions, but they didn't really cost the Panthers anything. So you know he didn't cost the Panthers the game, and he did enough to help them win the game. And that's what you want out of your backup quarterbacks. Also, shout out to um, Teddy Bridgewater who said who referenced the Wale song "Sue Me." When asked how he felt about PJ Walker's start, what's up with the laugh? Nothing. I'm sorry. Do you, you, you have? I mean, you didn't, you didn't like the reference? Absolutely no comment. Go ahead. Right. This is a this is a radio talk show. Like you have to have a comment. <laughs> what do you mean, no comment. No, I was laughing because I'm laughing at how out of touch I am with hip hop music these days. That's all. I was just like, we're quoting Wale songs now. Oh, that, uh, whatever. Let's move on. For those who don't know, Jamal is somewhat of a music snob. If it isn't Tribe Called Quest or something that was from the 90s, he really is not supportive of it. So pretty yeah. much. Yep. So, yeah. So shout out to Teddy Bridgewater for supporting uh, PJ Walker in that way. All right, guys, if you are new to the show again, you're tuned in to Carolina Blitz Radio on ESPN 730, the game. We're now moving to our blitz or block segment. I'll ask Jamal a question. He'll either blitz it or block it. I'll either blitz it or block it, and then we will discuss. All right, a COVID-19 outbreak with the Ravens organization has posed a major dilemma for the NFL. There's talk that the Ravens may have to forfeit the game that was originally scheduled for Thursday, and then they moved it to Sunday, and now it doesn't have a date because the Ravens won't be able to enter their facility until Monday at the earliest. Blitz are blocked to the NFL pushing the playoffs back a week or two to add in extra time for rescheduled games. Blitz, uh, because I, I, I kind of feel like Roger Goodell and the NFL have kind of mishandled um, how they handle the you know COVID in, the, in these organizations. There's, there's too many times where we've seen you know, facilities have to lock down, you know, we're now in a situation where, um, and look, I don't want to sound insensitive to any other players, but we we're in a situation where you got a, a, a star, uh, a, a guy, a box office guy, so to speak now has COVID, you know what I mean? And, and you slated this game for, for the prime time slot. And now you have to probably cancel it or push it back or whatever. So I'm all for it, man. They need, they need to push everything back to kind of get a handle on this thing. Yeah, I mean, what do you lose by pushing the playoffs back a couple of weeks? And then if you forfeit the game, then these guys lose a check and they're penalized for not being able to work during a global pandemic. And then also, 
the 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 league babied the Titans and their home is handling of things. They didn't make them forfeit a game. They basically worked around their schedule and they were being they were blatantly not following the, the, the directions by by having practices away from the facility and continuing to, you know, mis mishandle how they the health of their of their franchise and and, and the league ultimately. And so you don't penalize them, but the Ravens have to forfeit a game. Yeah, no, that doesn't make a bit. That doesn't make any sense, man. Every team deserve. Not, not to say that every team has mishandled their, you know, the COVID stuff like the Titans has. But if you haven't, then you deserve. Right. You, know, you, you deserve to kind of work around everything. So. Yeah, well, uh, listen. As fans of the game, we'll understand if you have to push the playoffs back a couple of weeks in order to allow teams like the Ravens who have been struck by, you know, COVID to be able to, to, to return to play fairly, fairly. All right. Charlotte football coach Will Healy says their Tuesday, 1030 AM kickoff time will match up with their normal schedule since they practiced in the morning. If you didn't know Jamal, uh, the Charlotte 49ers football team, they have had to push. They've had at least, I believe, I don't have the exact number, but it's been quite a few. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's either four or six. I'm not sure. Um, games that have been canceled or postponed due to COVID either within their team or their opposing team. So in order to continue to play, they are scheduled to play at 1030 AM on Tuesday, blitz or block to that game start in time. Um, I guess blitz because you just don't have any choices at this point. <laughs> there, there have been a couple of games where I have said to myself, you know what, I'm going to make it a point to watch Charlotte football against whoever. And every time I've made that point to watch, it ends up getting rescheduled. And since that point, I have kind of tuned out. L let me be clear. I kind of watch Charlotte football, you know, casually. So I'm not like checking the schedule every other day. So uh, Jamal is born and raised in Charlotte, but he would rather watch Florida State religiously than support the home team. Barely. Ba by threat. Barely. By threat. <laughs> you, you definitely. Every week, you're definitely watching Florida State and cussing about I, it on Twitter. I, 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 don't, I don't know how long that's going to last. I really don't. I, I, I'm cap. Um, 1030 <laughs> on a Tuesday. I mean, golly, that is brutal. That's a rough game start i understand that you're trying to get in a certain amount of games during the season but college they have to play on tuesday i think maybe they have to turn around and play again on saturday so uh they like what what kind of like i'm just questioning the logistics of a tuesday 10 30 a.m game who's watching whether it be you know <laughs> in the stands or you, you got you got football going on while you got classes going on, like how is that going to work? Oh, those are my questions. I'm not quite sure. It is scheduled to be on television, um, uh, and I don't remember what station it's going to be on, but it is going to be on television. Public access. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. So it's probably going to be on one of the regional sports channels. Okay. Uh, but a ten, Tuesday, 10:30 a.m. That's that's tough. Like that's too early. And I understand you may practice at 10:30, but 
But playing a game at 1030 is different. You got to get to the stadium at 830 now. You got to get up. And basically, you usually you probably just be eating breakfast. Pretty much. Godspeed. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not with that. Block that. All right. Christian McCaffrey, he's been limited in practice, but he's listed as questionable for the game. Rules said yesterday that he's questionable, but he's pessimistic about his availability tomorrow against the Vikings. Blitz or block that Carolina should shut Christian down for the season. I'm going to blitz that because what ultimately are you playing for? Seriously, um, you're not going to win the division. Uh, you probably out the playoff race. Christian McCaffrey is one of your highest paid players on the roster besides your coach and your, and your quarterback. <laughs> um, was that I, I shady? Just, was that shady? <laughs> Not at all. I'm, were, not you, at all. Were, you, were you shady then? I just not, not at all. Okay. Not, not at all. Not at all. But I, I, I just I, I don't see any real reason to to risk any further injury with Chris McCaffrey. You Chris McCaffrey is a workhorse on this offense. He is asked to do a whole lot when he is on the field. Um, I think this is also, you know, un, with him sitting out, if they do decide to shut him down, it's an opportunity to to kind of get the ball to other players because there's, there's only one football and someone always suffers when Christian McCaffrey plays, whether it be Everyone Samuel. Right, right, right. So I, I just think it's a, you know, it's kind of a blessing in disguise if you decide to shut him down and just keep him healthy, man. And don't, don't Cam Newton, Chris McCaffrey. So keep I, him down. I completely agree. Uh, I don't, you, at this point, you're really not playing for, if, if the Panthers were in, a spot to legitimately make a playoff run. Okay, bring him back uh, if he's going to help the team. But at this point, you're forcing it. You're bringing him back. And for what? You brought him back against. He had a good game against the Chiefs, and then he gets hurt at the end of that game. Let him chill. Let him rest. Bring him back 100% healthy next season in hopes that you know they'll they'll be able to improve upon this year all right guys thank you for tuning into our show again we are here on espn 7 30 every saturday and 10 30 a.m thanks again to jamal for coming yep. back and doubling back make sure you're checking out their under construction podcast on twitter instagram facebook and youtube also if you want to be a guest host hit up our dms our dms are open Make sure you're going to carolinablitz.com and following us on social media for all of your Carolina sports and entertainment news. Keep blitzing.